Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. God's like, man, I would love if you would speak up and say something. I'd love you if you drive the conversation this direction. I'd love if you would, you know, say something or talk to him or share something or answer a question. I would love to speak through you if you would just start talking. And so we just got to be available. You'd be amazed at what God would do if we just say, God, here, I'm going to look for an opportunity here to, to, to be a witness, be an example, say something for your glory. Um, it, that's giving back. That's saying, God, you can flow through me. I don't, all that stuff you poured into me is not just sitting in here. I'm, I'm available for you to let it pour out, let it flow out of me. Have you ever been in an uncomfortable situation? Of course, we all have from time to time. But in today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that sometimes God can put us in uncomfortable or even painful situations to be used by God. In these types of situations, God can speak to us through the Holy Spirit. He can give us just the right words to say or help us to keep our own unhelpful words to ourselves. The Holy Spirit can help guide us into tangible actions to help in difficult situations as well. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 27 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Most of us have things that are holy, set apart just for you. Uh, most of us don't share our toothbrushes, even married folk. I mean, I, I kiss my wife and everything else, but my toothbrush is my toothbrush and her toothbrush is her toothbrush. There's, there are just some things that don't, they don't, they don't trade, they don't get shared, you know. Um, God says, when you bring something to me, it's mine. It's all mine. Holy to the Lord. This is set apart just for me. And I would challenge you to consider in your life, is there any part of your life? Are there any things in your life? Is there anything that you that you offer to the God, to the Lord, where you can say, God, this is all yours. I give this to you and I don't take it back. I don't meddle with it. I don't mess with it. This is set apart just for you. Here, God says, when you bring an animal, it's going to be holy to the Lord. Look at verse 10. He shall not substitute it or exchange it good for bad or bad for good. And if he had all exchanged his animal for animal, then both it and the one exchanged for it shall be holy. So this is what he's explaining here. Let's say I come down and I, I got a prime lamb. I mean, this is this is the best of my flock. And I come and I'm going to dedicate it to the Lord. And then I, I get down there and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I got this other little skimpy one and I trade it out. I end up saying, God, I'm gonna, I'll give you that one instead. God, so you know what happens? They both are going to be mine. I'm taking them both. Guys, you're not going to offer, you're not going to switch it out at, at the end. You're not going to decide, I'm giving this to the Lord and then switch it out for a, a, a less, you know, a less valuable. And what would happen there is the shepherds, and we'll talk about it later, everything that passes the rod, the shepherd's rod. As the sheep would go in and they were counting their sheep, they would count them off. And every tenth one was for the Lord. They weren't supposed to, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't realign them. They were just coming and herding through the sheep gate. And you would count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's the Lord's. And they would take that one to the Lord. They would do that. Every tenth one was to the Lord. Well, you didn't get to pick the best or the worst. It just came through. But if someone saw that one that they really liked a lot, oh, man, it had the pretty fluffy fur. That one was going to make some real nice sheepskin blankies or whatever. And they decided that they want to ship it around. God said, I'm going to get that one and the one you tried to give me instead, you know. And is God greedy? No, God's not being greedy. God just said, hey, give me the best. Why you want to do? Why, why would you shortchange the Lord? Why would you? Why would you offer Him something less? And I don't think I don't think most people think that we would do that. Um, and we would offer God something less than our best. But everybody here can answer for themselves. Do you offer the Lord your best in whatever area? Um, does He get your best? 
Um, he wants our best. He deserves our best. And what he tells them here is, hey, it's holy to the Lord. And if you try to switch it up and exchange it bad for good or good for bad, God says, I'm taking both. Verse 11, if it is an unclean animal, which they do not offer as a sacrifice to the Lord, then he shall present the animal before the priest and the priest shall set a value for it. Rather, it is good or bad as you, the priest, value it. So it shall be. But if he wants at all to redeem it, then he must add one fifth to your valuation. So if they bring an unclean animal, which they don't offer for a sacrifice, the priest puts a value on the unclean animal and then it's able to be sold. And so it is able to be given and sold, even though they wouldn't offer it up because it's an unclean animal um, to the Lord. It said, but if they want to redeem it, if they want it back, if they decide I want that back, God said, you can have it back just Whatever valuation the priest put on it. So if you brought a, an unclean animal and the priest said that thing's worth 100 bucks. And he said, I'd, I'd like to keep that one for, for my breeding program. But I want to offer something to the Lord that's worth 100 bucks. They would say, well, give 100 bucks plus 20%. Give us 120 bucks and, and that'll be just the same. Um, and so God was making provision. And this is, I even see this. God is recognizing that maybe they're going to need some of these things. They can give it. Um, there, there's a way for them to, to still participate in the giving um, way. They, they may need something back or desire it back for whatever reason. Verse 14. And when a man dedicates his house to be holy to the Lord, then the priest shall, shall set a value. Uh, the priest shall, shall set a value for it. Rather, it is good or bad as the priest values it. So it shall stand. If he who dedicated it wants to redeem the house, then he must add one fifth of the money of the evaluation to it and it shall be his. And so the same thing with the animal, the same thing with a house or property, um, the land will be valued. The priest will put a value in the land. And the way they would value land back there is by how much land, how many fields, how much they believed could be made off of that land over a, over a period of time before the year of Jubilee, they would place a, a price on that land and then it could be offered to the Lord or it could be redeemed um, for the price of the land plus 20%. Moving on, verse 16. If a man dedicates to the Lord a part of a field of his possession, then your valuation shall be according to the seed for it. A omer of barley seed shall be valued at 50 shekels of silver. If he dedicated his field from the year of Jubilee, according to your valuation, it shall stand. But if he dedicates his field after the Jubilee, then the priest shall reckon to him the money due according to the years that remain till the year of Jubilee. And it shall be deducted from your valuation. And if he who, is, who dedicates the field ever wishes to redeem it, then he must add one fifth of the money of your valuation to it and it shall belong to him. But if he does not want to redeem the field or if he has sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed anymore. But the field, when it is released in Jubilee, shall be holy to the Lord as a devoted field. It shall be the possession of the priest. And so this a whole long description here of land that was set aside. God's given him all the moral laws, all the ceremonial laws. He dealt with giving and how they're to give. And at this very last part here, God's dealing with um, just some details of something that's a part of their culture. Part of their culture was that they were giving constantly to the Lord. And, and this is the thing that I guess I would want us to capture. God had them in a, a regular routine of they were giving everything. Everything they had came from God. They've been just been drilled into them. And so it was a flow right back through them. It's coming to them. It's going out. It's coming in. It's going out. You're receiving it. You're giving it land, animals, 
people, things, everything that's coming through you is, is, is available. Some of it's going right back out to the Lord. And I do want to remind us and encourage us that as believers, we wouldn't be Americanized in our the way we view the world that we live in, that we wouldn't look at um, how much I could amass for me, how much I can have for me. Um, we're passing through this place. Bible says that, we're, I mean, we're here for just a while. James says this life is but a vapor. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. And it really is going to matter what we do for the Lord in this little space. And if you spend your space on earth, um, if you spend everything that you are, every gift, talent, ability, everything that you have to amass more stuff for here and for now, and you don't participate in God's process of giving and sharing and helping and worshiping and all these different things you lose in the end. Um, you guys remember the parable in the Gospels of a man who was, you know, he had so much stuff that he had to, instead of giving some to the poor around him, is that he had amassed so much stuff. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build me some bigger barns so I can put some more stuff. And the Lord told him, you fool, this day your soul is going to be required. And then whose stuff is that going to be? Family going to be fighting over it, you know? Um, so we got to be cautious as they were there. God said, look, I'm blessed. I'm going to bless you guys. I'm bringing you guys into land where I intend to bless you. And I bless you to be a blessing. I want it to flow through you. Um, for some of these things, I want it to be something you worship me with. You glorify me. Some people, I've, I've known people with amazing gifts that God gave them. It might be singing. It might be some ministry, some gifting that they have, but they won't give it back to God. They won't offer it. And they'll be in church for years sitting on a pretty amazing, necessary, useful, beneficial gift, but they won't give it back in worship. And they just, they're just owning it, possessing it. May that not be true for any of us. Whatever gift we have, may we recognize that God, anything I got good came from you. Every, every good and perfect gift comes from above. And if God gave us a gift that we want to offer it back, God, you can have it. You can use it. You can use me for your, you can use me in whatever way you want. It may be resources. It may be things that special abilities, special knowledge that God has given you that God would want to use you to help other people out with those things or in some way to glorify him. I just, this, the pattern I see here is that God, God's blessing them. And then God said, now let it, let it, let it flow. Let it, let it, let's get, just get used to it flowing in and flowing out. And so he has them in this pattern of everything you guys get, give back to me. And every time when you guys have a lot, don't, don't, don't cut the corners, leave some for the poor, take care of the poor, poor be with you always. So we want to make sure that we're a part of God's process in that way. Everybody here um, that 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 we're people that God can pour things through in you and through you. Uh, it could be just it could be something. It could be your knowledge of the word. Maybe you've been blessed to, to to just be in a place where you know the word and you get to be around a lot of people that don't know it. And God's like, man, I would love if you would speak up and say something. I love you if you drive the conversation this direction. I love if you would, you know, say something or talk to him or share something or answer a question. I would love to speak through you if you would just start talking. And so we just got to be available. You'd be amazed at what God would do is we just say, God, here, I'm going to look for an opportunity here to, to, to be a witness, be an example, say something for your glory. Um, it, that's giving back. That's saying, God, you can flow through me. I don't, all that stuff you poured into me is not just sitting in here. I'm, I'm available for you to let it pour out, let it flow out of me. And so moving on here, uh, here we're dealing with fields and lands and animals and things and possessions, but it's so much more than things and stuff. And so moving on now, it says in verse 22, and if a man dedicates 
to the Lord the field which he brought, uh, which is not the field of his possession. Then the priest shall reckon him, reckon to him the worth of your valuation up to the year of Jubilee. And he shall give your valuation on that day as a holy offering to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field shall return to him from whom it was brought to the one who owned the land as a possession. And all your valuations shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary, 20 geras uh, to the shekel. But the firstborn of the animals, which should be uh, which should be the Lord's firstborn, no man shall dedicate. Rather, it is an ox or sheep. It is the Lord's. Um, The reason they can't dedicate a firstborn is the firstborn is already the Lord's. If you're writing notes, you can write down Exodus chapter 13, verse two. God had already made it a law in Exodus 13, two, that the first thing that breaks the womb, first thing that comes out, the firstborn always belongs to the Lord. Um, It says, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. So if God said it's already mine, I can't give him something that's already his. It's already his. So I can't say, God, I'm dedicating this to you. God says, it's already mine. You got to dedicate something else. <laughs> you got to find you got to find something else you're going to dedicate. That already belongs to me. That that is off the top. And um, and that's kind of how the idea of tithing went. God didn't view the things that were to be tithed to him. They weren't theirs. It wasn't like they were giving to God something from themselves. God said, no, that's what, that's mine. I've, I've already claimed that part. You're just giving me what's mine. It's, it's what you do over and above the tithe, the offering that's of your free will. That's now you're giving of your own stuff. But when you give the 10, the, the first part of the 10, God, that's already mine. You're giving me what's already mine. Um, that wasn't considered over and above. And for you guys that were, look at verse 27 now. It says now, it says, and if it is an unclean animal, then he shall redeem it according to your valuation and shall add one fifth to it. Uh, or if it is not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to your valuation. So once again, if it's an unclean animal, which they don't offer a sacrifice, uh, there's a value put on it and it could be sold and that could be given to the Lord. Verse 28. Nevertheless, no devoted offering that any man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man and beast or the field of his possession shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. So here goes the difference. We had things that were kind of committed, consecrated, sanctified, set apart for God. Um, and things sanctified by a vow. These are things that are set apart for divine use. They could be redeemed. Uh, these are things that God could use for his divine purpose. They could also be redeemed back at a, at the valuation price plus 20%. But something devoted to God was completely given over to the Lord. Um, it could not be redeemed. You could not go and get it back. Uh, once again, many times there was a further step. The devotion was a, a step further than consecration. Consecrating, I, I set this apart. It might be a temporary thing, but when I devote something, I'm never getting it back. I devote this to you, Lord. God, it may be something that's offered up in sacrifice. It's going to go up in flames on the fire. It's never going to be something I retrieve or get back. Um, it, it could be destroyed. It's going to be given completely to the Lord. So um, I, I just want to point out that for them, there were things to be consecrated. And again, they were separated. things. They may be, I consecrate my child, dedicate them to you, Lord. Well, you don't expect your kid to be offered as a sacrifice. Um, that's not what we're doing. We're saying, God, we, we, we're giving them to you. 
We know you have a plan. We know you want to use them. And we all understand the difference. There are things that God wants to use for his purpose. And there are other things God said, give that to me. Just give it to me. Let me do what I want to do with it. I'm gonna, I, want, I want it completely given over to me, um, devoted. So I would separate the two like this. Um, as believers, some things that we would dedicate to the Lord. Um, I believe that we dedicate our lives to the Lord. But should our lives be dedicated or devoted? Understanding those definitions. Which one should it be? Dedicated or devoted? Hmm? Devoted. So we don't get it back, right? God, here, take it. Um, I don't get to take it back. I don't get to come back and get it, even though we do. Um, people be like, God, I give you my life. Next week, I, I give my life again. And a, a month later, God, I, I rededicate my life to you. Um, and I, I don't want you to feel bad because I think everybody here, if they would be honest, have been in that same position. And that's why I said in the beginning, the, new te- the strength of the New Testament is not my dedication to God, though I should be dedicated. But the strength of the New Testament is his dedication to me. Um, I can't boast in my love for God. I can brag on God's love for me. I can't stand here and say, you know what? I love God so much. I do this for God. I love him. I love him. I love him. No, but I could brag about God's love for me. Man, he loved me when I was nothing. And he still loves me. And he's always going to love me. And he just said he loves me. I can brag on that. And, and, and that, that just it, it glorifies him. That's the benefit. That's the blessing. That's the, that's the amazing thing of the new covenant that God would look upon you and me and say, I love you guys. I love you. And I choose you. I, 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 I keep committed himself to us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And for most of us, you know, you know what you are. Y'all know God didn't get a great deal with most of us, but he, he said, I want you anyway. You know, I want you. I care about you. Um, and so it, it really puts the New Testament believer in a really sweet place. And just consider this for a moment. If God chose you uh, when you were just a wreck, you were the, the, at the bottom, you were, you were the worst you could be. While you were yet still a sinner, Christ died. Covered that two weeks ago in Romans, right? That's when he picked you. God picked you. Think about your worst day as a non-believer. Your worst day, the, the grimiest. Don't think too hard on it, you in church. But just consider where you were at that, peri- at that period of time. God said, I chose you then. I mean, I picked you then. It, it, could it be any, I mean, could it, could it ever be worse than that? No. I mean, it could be. I mean, some of y'all. But uh, for most of you know, not really. Guys, I chose you then. I demonstrated my love for you then. And I'll continue to commit to show my love for you. And so for the believer, we're walking in this, this really sweet place where God has said, look, I've, I've just devoted myself to you. Um, now, it should provoke in us a desire to be surrendered. I should provoke in us a desire to to surrender, to devote ourselves, to to consecrate our lives to the Lord. But the the the, the motivation is different. God, I want to consecrate myself to you because you've done so much. You 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 what you what you've made the what you've made available to me already is so wonderful. Whatever's left in this life that you think would be useful to you, I want to devote it to you, Lord. Just use it, have it, have my life. So back to what we're talking about: things that we might dedicate. Uh, consecrate, set apart for the Lord. We may dedicate our, I believe that we, everybody here blessed with children. You want to dedicate your kids to the Lord. What does that mean? What does that look like? You pray for those kids. You pay attention to them as they're growing up. Their little talents, their little abilities, and their little special quirks. Every kid, anybody got more than one kid, you know one thing. Every single kid is different, but they're special. And they got this one talk a lot, and that one run fast, and this one thinks deep, and this one is emotional. And you just 
you pay attention, you look at them, you start paying attention to what, God, what can you do with this one? And you pray for that. God, show me what I can encourage them and show me direction to point them in that their life would be just devoted to you. Lord, help me to be an example to them. Help me to teach them how to follow you, Lord. I want, I want my kid to go to you. I want them to be dedicated to you. I want them to follow you to have use of my kids. And for every parent, the greatest success as a parent is to get your kid out of your hands and into his. You, that's, that's, a, that's a successful parenting gig. Um, and we know parenting is difficult because every kid is different. And some kids won't even sit in your hands. So you're trying to like, I got to get them in my hands, get them to the Lord. And it's a challenge. But we praying, praying for them. And that's, that's the goal, though, that we want to dedicate them to him. But never mind your kids. You dedicate yourself. Are you, are, you, are you dedicated? Are you devoted? Have you given yourself to the Lord? Does God have access and use of your life? Um, is there any part of us that's held back from the Lord? Notice with a dedication or devotion, it's given over. So um, the only thing different with the dedication is you could go redeem it and get it back. And that's, that's more like what we can do with our lives. Um, because everybody here has said, God, have my life. And maybe God had it for a season exclusively. And then you got off that altar and you said, no, nah, I want it back. You didn't even give them redemption value either. You just took it back and you went back with it. And, and you may come back and forth with that. Um, but I challenge us all to consider, does God have access to your life? Are you devoted to him? Have you given yourself to the Lord? Do you need to give it back to the Lord? Um, are, there, are there areas of your life where God would say, give me that. Give me some time. Give me some time. Each day. I want to talk to you. Devote some time to me every day. Devoting something that you can't get back. You devote some time to the Lord. You don't get the time back. But, but you get time with him and he gets time with you. Um, do we have time daily that we set aside devoted to the Lord? We should. God, I'm, I'm going to devote this to you. I know I can never get these minutes back, but I'm going to devote them to you and spend some time in your presence, in your word, allowing you to have access to me and to speak to me. So um, moving on now in verse 28, it says, nevertheless, no devoted offering that a man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man, beast, uh, man and beast or the field of his possession shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. And so once again, the devoted things are different than the consecrated or dedicated things. They never can be redeemed or purchased back. They'll always be with the Lord. And many times it's because they're going to be burnt up, offered up. Verse 29, no person under the ban who may uh, become doomed to destruction among men shall be redeemed, but surely... Uh, but shall surely be put to death. So let's say I got a son and he's got a death sentence. He did some criminal thing and he's doomed. He's going to die for what he did. Um, I can't come and say, God, here, I dedicate him to you. You can have him now. Um, he, he's he's going to die. So I can't dedicate to the Lord something that's going to die, something that's got a, a death sentence on it. I can't take a person that's, that says uh, someone that's under the ban, that's someone that's got a death sentence upon them. I can't take someone that's going to die and, and say, God, here, redeem them and take away that part of the law where they're supposed to die for whatever they did. Um, they can't be given to the Lord in that way. Verse 30. Uh, well, God, let's just say this. Interesting, because for us in the New Testament, you and I were under a death sentence, but he took us. So I just want to point out some distinctions in this Old Testament. God said that they've got a death sentence on them. They can't be given to me. New Testament, God says, you guys had a sentence of death. You were dead while you were yet living, but you can, be, you can come to me. 
Uh, we can come to him. We can, we, can, we can be surrendered to him. We can have a relationship with him. Verse 30, and all the tithe of the land, rather of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Thanks for tuning in. Leviticus is often a book that gets overlooked and misjudged. Though it seems to be full of meaningless and insignificant rules, nothing can be further from the truth. All of Scripture is so important to understanding not only your faith, but also the heart of God. When God created the Ten Commandments, they weren't meant to control. They were meant to help guide. God desires for all his children to understand that life in him can be full and rich. And that's all God wants for you too. But he won't force you to live in him or live by his guidance. You get to choose it. What a gift. If you're looking to dive deeper into Leviticus or other scriptures, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the word of God on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support a transforming word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining Pastor Bill again next time, right here on A Transforming Word.